Hello and welcome to the TFM podcast. That's the Theological Family Ministry podcast. We are glad that you've joined us for another episode. We're a podcast that's dedicated to helping parents and churches think about what they believe about the Bible, what they believe about God, uh, about all of that, how their theology affects how they minister to the children that God has entrusted to their care. And so uh, today we have part two for you of an interview that's two parts with author, speaker, pastor Chat Bettis of The Apollos Project, and you can find that at theapollosproject.com. Chap is the author of The Disciple-Making Parent, as well as The Donut Date Journal, Evangelism for the Tongue-Tied, and some other uh, items that you would find helpful. Check that out at his website. But uh, if you missed the first part of this interview, be sure to check that out because th- there Chap tells his story about his experience pastoring a church, planning a church in New England, and then why now he is giving himself full-time to the Apollos Project to helping parents and churches to think through how they can make disciples in their own home. And so we hope that this will benefit you as you listen in. So thank you for listening today. Well, I think that segues into a question that I was going to ask after this uh, next one, but I'll go ahead and ask it then. Uh, you know, I was really benefited uh, by your chapter on the benefits of children finding role models in the church. So, Chap, do you have any advice on how parents can seek these kind of role models like you described in red? I think, first of all, it, you know, if we're aiming the right way, we said, okay, here's here's my heart. I want my kids to really follow the Lord. And part of that resource is other Christians because our kids see, you know, my kids see all my sin, and uh, you know, and G- you know, Jesus said a prophet with a, is without honor in his own hometown. Well, you can say that about your house too. You know, your kids, <laughs> your kids are going to see all of that, and so what they need to see is other people who that they admire, respect, and our kids are studying people a lot sooner than we think. So I, I it was, I have a story in the book about. I, I think it was my oldest was only about five or six. And she just said innocently about how she admired some other people, um, you know, some other men and women in the church. So, and I've heard um, Kara Powell in her book talks, suggests basically having five mentor or, or five significant adults in the lives of each one of our children. And so I think just in my head saying, okay, who can I connect with um, in the church, whether it's you guys in your ministries as, as um, you know, sort of uh, youth le- leading the youth or um, peers, aunts and uncles that we might say, we might speak highly of. My, my daughter still go out to, when they'll come home from college, so, uh, or when they, when they were in college, they would, they would go out and have coffee with another woman. So, but you can do things like that. You can, you can create events like that. So my wife had one. Um, some of the girls were giving about dating age, and so she had a she had a coffee with uh, a bunch of the girls in the church and she, and a bunch of moms, and they just went around sharing their dating stories. And they just you know it was laugh. They were laughing, but <laughs> what was what was going on in that moment was was that these girls were were connecting with these women seeing them as godly examples uh and it wasn't serious i mean it or it wasn't totally i wasn't there but it wasn't totally serious. it was just it was a lot of laughs from what i heard and uh, knowing some of the women and their sense of humor it was it was probably a scream but um but i think that's another way where you can take initiatives uh and take an initiative to gather moms or gather gather some older women you know, just what, maybe as it as it happens organically. Um, what else? Well, you you can trade influence if you want to talk of it that way. Where 
you know, you're connecting with the, the children of your friends. So I think now you're going to get me on a soapbox here, but I, I think. <laughs> oh, we want to get you on the soapbox. Okay. Well, the command greet one another is four times in the New Testament. That is a scriptural command. And we let our kids sin in this area by not expecting them to greet adults. And point. so, so part of what I want to do is train my children to greet adults. And, That's and, awesome. And so then when you, now when I'm greeted as an adult, then I can, we can talk back. So right now, so I'm 55 in my church, I've got two guys. One is four and one is five. And probably every other Sunday, he will, they will come up and greet me and we'll shake hands and then, and we'll like talk about how, you know, like I had one come up this past weekend and seriously, it was, it was hilariously cute. His mother's watching him and he said, Mr. Bettis, how was your week? <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm laughing, <laughs> but, but that, you know, so he's totally intimidated by me, but that <laughs> I'm sure his parents, I bet, cause he's not like the super gregarious kid. So I'm, I bet yeah. his parents encouraged him. So, so part of it is on us to have our kids interact with others. And, and, and we had, um, you know, that was, that was our rule uh, for our kids, that they had to, you know, they had to greet a couple of the, in public worship, they had to greet, uh, not, not, I'm not talking about the meet and greet or whatever, I'm talking about after the service. So they, had, they needed to just to say hi to some of the people that we were sitting around, and of course they got to know them. So, I mean, I... That, those are just some ways I think is just, I want to connect them and then, uh, and then, and then I can do that. And then, and then man, one more, you got me on a soapbox. So I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Go for so it. Going. Things, and I haven't, haven't written them down yet, but I, I have heard, so I've been, I've been having a conversation with another adult and I've heard essentially that adult gossip in front of their child mm-hmm. and they talked negatively and they've been sort of included their child they're like 12 year old child as they say something that's somewhat negative about this adult but they don't but you don't i don't what we don't realize in that moment is that you know we need to protect the trust of that 12 year old child so whether those things mm-hmm. are true or not we want we want our our child our child is not an adult and they need to at this point in their life look up to the positives and the other person so I just think there's a lot of ways we can we can facilitate that we can um, you know encourage that as parents. So even yeah, yeah I'll stop there. That's that good. No, that was that was helpful. Yeah, that's good. Now, what is the most important biblical passage related to parenting? Well, I I argue it's it's actually Matthew twenty eight uh, eighteen to twenty, which is to make disciples. So and then and then if I um, if I get that in my head to make disciples, then passages like Ephesians six or about how or Deuteronomy six about how do I actually do that? Um, I think, and I've also I also root a lot of it. I think Second Timothy three fourteen and fifteen is is important as well. Timothy was a second generation Christian. Yes, and and what you see in that verse, as for you. Timothy, continue what you've learned and become convinced of. And most uh, those that I talked to grew up in a Christian home 
have kind of a two-stage process where they where they either genuinely made a profession when they were they're young and then at a later time they would say my faith became my own or sometimes they say well I don't think I was really Christian when I was a kid but it was later but just to realize as parents that just because they made a profession at five or six or seven uh, now we don't now we can say okay now they're all set let's go pursue softball or whatever you know that yeah Actually, the discipleship's not over, and the second stage of the rocket hasn't really fired. And those those sixteen to twenty two years are very important to to know. So, are they going to become convinced? So, th- those are some of the, the passages I think that come to mind immediately. That's good. Yeah, that is helpful. And, and obviously, the Deuteronomy six and Ephesians six and other places, uh, Proverbs is, is chock full of wisdom of a father to his son, but. Uh, Often, as Christians, I think there's a losing sight of the Great Commission that, that all of us are to be about making disciples, and there's no exception in our own home. And so sometimes it's just trying to keep the kids alive, and I'm sure it's it's maybe even amped up in New England, but um, craze about nutrition and you know making sure that you're eating uh, certain kinds of foods and grow in certain places and things like that. And people get very dogmatic, spending more time on Facebook ranting about that than, you know, praying for their children and seeking to point them to Christ. And so I think that is so, so helpful to keep in view. Now, why is the heart of our kids and even our own hearts as parents, why is that so crucial and how can we stay connected to their hearts? Yeah, that's a really, that's an important question. Um, because it's easy. I mean, I, again, I've, I've given away my hand. I think when our kids are young, a lot of it is, 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 is training their behavior. But ultimately, um, and, and, yeah. And so, you know, I, as a parent of a three-year-old, I don't want to be saying, why are you so upset or whatever, <laughs> uh, you, you know. That, but the flip side of that is for a parent who is still dealing behaviorally with a 13-year-old or, or a 15-year-old that that now their heart motivations have grown. And so we want to figure those out because the Bible says out of the overflow of the heart, Jesus said out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um, so the heart is the control center. It's really, it's really the, uh, the most important real estate in, our, in us and in our kids. And, um, you know, it's a very, it's, our heart is active according to the scripture. And Malachi 4 talks about the hearts of the fathers, um, and the children turn the gospel, turning them back towards each other. Well, that what that means is sin turns our hearts away. So there, the heart can be turned away. You know, and, and and so functionally, as a parent, I can get into behaviorism and just okay, every you know, nobody's embarrassing me this week, and so our family's good. <laughs> you know, uh, and and so if, if you don't understand the Bible. You know, it's something something's going on with with the heart of my kid. <laughs> you know, I have to say too. I that's a good comment, and it's so easy. And that the behaviorism, uh, you know, my kid's not embarrassing me this week. Even in ministry, you know, those who should be above this, you know, it can be sometimes the, the easiest for us to be overly worried about whether our kids are embarrassing us this week. Yeah, I used to. I mean, as a pastor, I used to say, you know, I I know you have stuff. I may not know what that stuff is, but I mean, the flesh is so strong, the sinful, you know, the sinful nature. So, yeah. So I think part of that's part of we want to stay connected with our hearts. So Malachi four six talks about Elijah fulfilled and and John the Baptist uh, will come and turn the hearts towards each other. So what that implies is it's easy 
as a, as a dad to turn my heart away and pursue other things and moms to pursue other things and, and the kids. And so what you have is instead of a family unit, you have, um, you have individuals who are sleeping at the same house. And, um, and that's, that's not the way, I don't think that's the way God intended it. I think that the family is to display the Trinity in terms of the authority and affection. Um, and if we're, if we're connected with our kids' hearts and there's an affection there, then we can survive almost, you know, all sorts of sin on our parts, which I, which I had plenty, their parts. You know, I mean, I, I would get upset, but I'm like, man, what is going on with you? I know you love, you love your mom. Like, what, what were you thinking? Or, you know, and, and because there's affection there and, um, and we're connected to their hearts. So, and I'm, I, let me put a plug in here. I just came out with a booklet called um, The Donut Date Journal which I just think is, that's what I did. I took my kids out on donut dates and one-on-one and asked questions. And not certainly not every week. I had, I had four kids. I had other breakfast meetings, so it might be once every two months. Um, they, they always knew whose turn it was. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, with four kids, sometimes I couldn't even keep their names straight. So, you know, you're, now, you're, <laughs> now you're like, okay, this is this is – you know, my daughter, and I'd say, who are your best friends, and what subject do you like in school, and that type thing, and and what that, that was a deposit, a relational deposit that I think helped us walk through the turbulence of the teen years, because now there's a trusting, affectionate relationship, and so now we can have some honest communications, and and sometimes with my guys, my two two guys, that those those were not Sometimes it was, hey, we need to have breakfast, <laughs> and it was not. It was a come to Jesus meeting. It was not a, a, you know, it was not one of those affectionate. How are you doing? Yeah. It's hey, we're we're having some behavioral issues, and let's talk. What's going on? Yeah, that's good. I, I really enjoy that. Enjoy the, that concept of the donut dates, and uh, my in laws are in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina area, and a chain uh, donut chain that's moved into that area is called Duck Donut. So I make sure that I always go on a donut date uh, because they make fresh donuts for you, like uh, as you order. I make sure oh, wow. to go on a donut date while I'm down there uh, for a little bit selfish reasons. <laughs> Sounds like know. a little mi- mixed motivation there. If I- <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> You get bacon with that, Tony? I do. It's a, the best maple bacon donut ever, duck donuts. So get, so get the book Donut Date and go buy duck donuts. <laughs> <laughs> how, Chap, how can we keep the gospel always in view in our homes? Well, I think by reminding ourselves of the gospel, uh, D.A. Carson, I think, says that, you know, when we assume the gospel, we're one generation from losing it. And so I think, you know, what is the gospel? Can I repeat it? That you know that uh, you know God's has made the world and, and is holy and and uh, we've sinned against Him, but um, out of love He sent His own Son, and if we would repent and receive Him as Savior, we can we can follow Him and have eternal life. And to know that the gospel is not just sort of for the beginning of the Christian life, but it also is for the the whole of the Christian life. That really. If I enter by repentance and faith, so I'm going to continue by repentance and faith. So, um, I mean, there's all sorts of answers to that questions because some of it comes out in how I communicate with my kids. They're just those facts that I that I talked about, and just the this idea of you know, as they get older, they need to actually 
you know, using the word repent, you need to, you know, you need to, uh, what you, you know, you've done to your sister is, is sin and, and you need to repent that. Other, other applications are just, I mean, one big with parents and especially with moms is my identity is in Christ and it's not in, it's not in my kids. I'm accepted in Christ and I have all the, um, you know, it's, it's not how I appear to others. So there's, there's all sorts of, of ways that, that ultimately we need to go back to the gospel. That's awesome. Yeah, I like how you talked about going on in repentance and faith. It's not just the, the gateway in. I mean, it reminds me of Galatians 3 where Paul said, you know, you, you've begun by the Spirit and, and receiving the word by faith. You think you're going to be perfected by the flesh. And um, there's certainly always the temptation to revert to a just, you know, sanctification by effort or um, something like that and, and forgetting grace. Yeah, and the identity issues that can be huge. Finding our identity and how good of a, a job we're doing as a parent or uh, how well our kids are performing and um, rather than, than resting in Christ. Well, Chad, do you have any other words of wisdom, general things we may not have hit on uh, for parents or for church leaders? Speak now or forever hold your peace, Chad. Well, hopefully, I, I told you I was hoping to come out with a resource aimed more at church leaders. So uh, I just, I think, I mean, as I look at, you know, the, the table of contents for the disciple-making parent, we talked a little bit about the power of our example, living at home, um, and just how important that is. Just I need to, I need to, as a parent, be thinking about how what how are my children seeing me? Yeah. So we didn't we didn't talk. You know, there's well, we could a lot talked about the word. Just is there a w- way of bringing the word in? I think another thing we haven't one thing to talk about is just living on mission. I think today it's so easy to be child centered. We just installed a, a, a new uh, elder at our church, and one of the things I prayed, and I received this from my mentor, you know, trying to figure out how do I balance the time between my kids and the church, and, and, and his response to me is, I want my kids to know that I live for something greater than them. Mm. Mm-hmm. And just this idea of, I love you, but no, you're not the center of my world. Mm, <laughs> I really, really, really love you. I'd give my life for you, but you're not the center of my world. We're living yeah. for Jesus. Uh, and to train them that that way as well to say, hey, we, you know, we come to church to serve, and how how are we going to serve? Um, and so just having that attitude there. So those are those are some things for really any years. And then, yeah, boy, we talk about apologetics or friends or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think just um, parenting is messy work, uh, and so to realize that 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 it's messy. And it's, I'm aiming, you know, it's not, it's not like you make a meal and hopefully it turns out nice and neat. It's more Mm -hmm. like, it's more like you're planting a garden and and the weeds come up as soon as you you, you plant, it looks nice. And then the weeds come up and just, Uh and that's, that's the way God's God works and that's okay. And at the end of the day, I think every parent looks back and says, oh, I could have done more. You can maybe, but you also have other responsibilities that are before God. You have other callings. Salvation is, is, is in the Lord's hand. He's the ultimate disciple maker, not me. Um, so yeah. And the church leaders, that's a whole different conversation about how to structure our church to get families to work together. But yeah. Wonderful. You know, I think parenting is a messy work. It should be the title of your next book. Then. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is, uh, 
Yeah, all the way, you know, from the little kids with mom, and it's messy that way, and it's messy. Literally messy. I'm, I'm serious, you know, sometimes I'm just like, was my, my team, you know, team guys, I'm like, are they ever going to make it, you know, to, <laughs> to adulthood, and, you know, what, what do we do now? And uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that the thing, time I felt okay was when my son uh, was shoveling out a neighbor in the dark up here in New England. It, it was a job. I hadn't gotten him out. He'd gotten out of the, his bed on his own at like five o'clock. He was shoveling by himself. And I just, as I was looking out the door, I'm like, okay, I think he's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, I think he's going to be okay. And, and by God's grace, he, he is. So yeah, yeah, it is messy. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. Well, before I do ask uh, how people can get can contact you, you know, I want to ask, we met in person at the ERLC just a few weeks ago, the Ethics and Religious Liberty and National Conference. And what was your favorite uh, speaker? What was your favorite session? Oh, boy. I liked, I, I uh, there were so many good ones. I think the one that, so each one resonated with me in many ways, like uh, J.D. Greer talked about mission, which is in the purpose mm-hmm. chapter. Uh, Danny Aiken about marriage and and so on. I so I didn't get to the to the um, I did not get to the panels, but I think the one maybe because we're similar age, similar similar mentalities. But I thought Jen Wilkins' talk on raising an alien child and just some of the decisions that they made. Uh, they had four children one year apart, phew, and we ours are two years apart. But but I think we were influenced and just kind of the same, you know, attitude of we're going to be different. And we're gonna we're gonna love our kids. We're gonna do some activities, but we're also gonna be different, and and we're gonna be secure in that difference. That no, we don't have to have every toy when everybody else has it, and deal with it, kids. <laughs> you know, and uh, that's just that's just the way we live our lives and in an affectionate way. So, yeah, I think her talk I resonated a lot with her talk. That's good. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Oh, yeah, I saw that you had, you posted something recently about that, sort of the highlights of the talk. And Tony had, had tried to get me to come to the conference. It just wasn't going to work out. But I did like listening or reading through uh, those points and did find that very helpful. Well, I think that's – I think we start – this kind of brings it back full circle because I think that idea of being being different and that's okay. I mean, that's, that's where New England is ahead of the game. Um, and I think – you know, as our world get, as our country gets more secular, and Christians are more are more different. I mean, that's how the early church prospered: is that they were different, but they were different in love. They were different in, you know, they have intact families. They go out and save abandoned babies who who've been um, who've been deserted. It's a little weird, but it's a weird and a beautiful, attractive way. Amen. Not, not, not just weird for weird sake. <laughs> With that, you know, uh, not everyone will, everyone is going to have the uh, luck and privilege of just bumping into you in Nashville after thinking about emailing you uh, weeks before. So uh, apart from that, those kind of chance random encounters, how can our listeners find out more, uh, more or perhaps contact you? Well, the Apollos Project um, is the name of the ministry and the name of the website, theapollosproject.com, um, A-P-O-L-L-O-S, uh, named it after Apollos of Acts 18. Uh, and there's a contact form on there, and just fill that out. I'd love to talk with you. I'm real 
I'm a real person sitting at a real computer. Um, and yeah, on Twitter, I'm Chat Bettis, Facebook, uh, The Apollos Project, and, and Chat Bettis. I've got some pages. And then uh, now, now I'm actually on Instagram, believe it or not. It's Chat <laughs> so I'm like, do I really need one more platform? So uh, Did your kids push you to do that? They or? did. They did. And so, <laughs> I don't even know how that works. <laughs> uh, I, well, it just, I, I feel so backwards. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. What? Okay. So I'm, I'm getting it little by little. So yeah. Um, yeah. And I love, I, you know, the disciple making parent, the book, um, is really the, the manifesto, the centerpiece of the ministry. And I, um, if you go to that, if you go to that website, the disciple making parent.com, I've got, um, information about bulk ordering or how to get the free audio book and Lord willing, hopefully by the time, um, this is published, but, but later, uh, I'm going to have like a book study guide. So I know some churches have spent like nine months to go through that, but I know also ch- other churches are like, w- would only spend like eight weeks. Uh, so I want to provide a, a study guide for. Awesome. Well, thank you chat for giving us your time so generously. Um, we, I think both really enjoyed the conversation, just gleaning from your wisdom uh, and years as a dad and as a pastor and uh, pouring into to families. And so thank you for your ministry and um, for sitting down with us. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please like it, share it, repost it, uh, and subscribe because that allows other people to, to be exposed to this. And so if you think this is beneficial and it's worth other churches hearing and other parents, uh, please get the word out and um, that bless the church. So we look forward to having you back next time. And until then, Lord bless